It is July 20, 2022. Your main man, Jalbi, coming to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. Where else would you want to be at this time of year? If this was November, December, January, February, there's a million places I'd rather be than Plovdiv. But at this time of the year, goodness gracious me, what a wonderful place to be. And today we're taking a look at this primary source research methodology. Possibly the single most important article I've ever written for JohnLeBond.com. Possibly. I've had some people say that, that this is the best work I've ever done. For me, I would say, yeah, it's probably top 10 in terms of the work that I've done. I'm very proud of it. And I think it does hold up to scrutiny all these years later. So today we're going to take a look at this article and whatever your opinion is, folks, on people like Plato or Socrates or Caesar or Sun Tzu, any of these characters, or certain supposed events like the burning of the Library of Alexandria, for instance, or even you know books that are important today, like the Bible. Whatever your views on whether these things are as old as that we're told, or if they're real, or if they're, like any of this, this presentation is just to share with you why I say what I say. What I say doesn't just come from nowhere, and it's not just aimed at clickbait or... Uh, polemics or um, polarization of the audience with this stuff what I say is based on a lot of work a lot of research I started off with very different opinions it was only after years of being uh, in this scene and questioning what I thought I knew that my opinion changed so in this presentation dear viewers listeners and readers all around the world we're going to take a look at why and the idea of this presentation is not to convince you to my way of thinking okay you might come out of this convinced that I'm correct you might come out convinced that I've completely lost my mind, which is also possible. But regardless, it's just to share with you why I say what I say. Because if you listen to a lot of people, their quote-unquote conversations, it's just, I think this, well, I think this. It's, it's just jibber-jabber. There's no, okay, so why do you say that? Let's look at it. Okay, so you saw this or you read this or, okay, well, let me share with you what I, what I found and then let's talk about it. Like, let's think through this together. You very rarely hear this, even on podcasts of supposedly awake people. It's more just, here's my opinion, shove it down your throat. What's your opinion? Shove it down the other person's throat, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Pardon me, and it's just, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? It's, that's how people are. It's very entertaining. I get it. For those of us who want to go a little bit further, it's worth thinking, well, okay, here's my opinion. Let me share with you how I arrived at it. This is the process I go through when I do research. And so I took the time to type out an article, a very detailed article explaining, here is what I mean when I say research. Here is what I mean when I say evidence. And it took me a long time to write this. But finally, I wrote it, I published it, and it's now one of the pieces that's available at johnlebond.com for free. If you go to free content at johnlebond.com, there's a ton of free content. Some people have this idea of, oh, JLB, he... he he owes us the truth. He owes us all the stuff he's ever done. He, he has to put it out publicly. How dare he ever pay? Well, okay, fine. But there's heaps of good stuff that you don't need to pay to access. Okay? And I've even got a whole uh, page dedicated to it. It's called free content. And there is creepy Gene Rosen. There is the corona with the clown, the clown wig. Because this is a clown world. And if the last two years didn't make that clear to you, then you are NGMI, my friends. And of course, George Bush. Those weapons of mass destruction got to be somewhere. Maybe over here. Over here. Anyway, so you've got a ton of uh, free stuff available. If you just go to johnlebond.com, okay, front page, 
johnthebond.com on the top right hand side free content podcasts articles videos stuff look there's some ideas and uh, theories in there and evidence that you would have seen elsewhere there's also some stuff that you wouldn't have seen elsewhere that's what I like to do take the good stuff of other people uh, filter it keep the stuff that I think is good then add to it and then produce my own content that's what I do here at johnthebond.com and I'm very grateful that there's people all around the world take a look at this we had, in fact we had a new member join just today Nikki from South Africa joined just today. Erudito, I'm not sure where he or she is from. They haven't replied to my welcome email. Clorox32Oz, Moon Harvest. I know that Moon Harvest is in Australia. Zintrax, Duroy. They're the newest members, plus there's a ton of others. These are the people who make all of this possible, so my big thanks to all of them. So with all of that out of the way, let me just ask the people listening live right now, and is my audio coming through okay? I've had some problems with my microphone. The gain function. The way that some microphones work, and I've got a, blue, a beautiful Blue Yeti. I've had this since 2016, and it's uh, served me very well. <clears throat> For some reason, the gain, there's a knob that you can control the gain. For some reason now, if I have to set that to like 10%, right? 10%. Otherwise, the gain is too loud and it clips my voice. So the last week or two, it's been a balancing act. You can't put the gain down to zero or else no one can hear you. But you can't put it above 10 or 20% because then you start clipping. So I, I think I've got it in the right spot right now. But just let me know, listeners, is my uh, voice right now coming through to you like normal, right? Uh, how do I put this to you? If it's coming through and you can, it sounds like I'm yelling, even though I'm not, that means that the gain is too high and I have to fix that. Otherwise, I'll sound like I'm yelling the whole time, which doesn't make for good audio. So Sam I am says the audio is good. Okay, thank you. Noel Watson says he doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Chris A says the people that say the truth should be free wouldn't even donate a dollar to their favorite channel, even if they spend hours on their channel. That's the thing. Like I'm not going to judge anybody for how they uh, spend their money. We've all got our own uh, interests, hobbies, vices, what have you. So if someone wants to spend hundreds of dollars uh, a week on alcohol or drugs, I say if that makes you happy, do it. The point that I make, though, is if people sit down and work out where they're spending their money, most people will realize they spend more money. They give more of their money. Money is energy, guys. Money is energy. They give more of their money to drugs, alcohol, and fast food than they do to independent media. Now, that's totally fine. But if you're going to do that, you can't sit and pretend like you are a, uh, you're resisting the system or that you're in opposition to the system. No, you're giving more of your energy to the system and to things that probably are not good for you in excess, then you are to independent media. And there are lots of independent media outlets out there. JohnTheBond.com is only one. It's only a small drop in the ocean. There's many places you could give your energy to. Or you could give your time to it. You could sit down, do the work, do the research, get the books, read the books, take the notes, write the articles, do the podcast, whatever. You could give your energy in that way. If somebody chooses to not give their time, which is energy, or their money, which is energy, to independent media, how can that person then complain that the media that does exist, the mainstream media, which is funded by the people who run the show, of course, how can they complain that, that it lies to them? It's like, well, you're giving nothing. <laughs> you're giving nothing to the people who are trying to put out good stuff. So like, it, it, it seems incongruous to me. So I'm not saying that anybody owes independent media something. Nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes the scene anything. I'm just trying to point out the incongruity here. If you're giving your energy, time and or money to alcohol, drugs, fast food, whatever, Netflix, uh, video games as well, whatever, that's totally cool. Just own own it. Own that. Own that you support 
the establishment, the system, just own that. There's nothing wrong with it. I just see so much hypocrisy in the scene. Anyway, Noel Watson says, no clipping, no distortion. Um, so I think the audio is good. So we've got enough of that out of the way. Let's now go and move on to uh, this primary source research methodology. Yeah, yeah, boy. Let's take a look at this. Okay, so the preface says, let me just zoom in so those of you watching can uh, read along with me if you feel so inclined. By the way, it is, what is it now? 10.30 p.m. on a Wednesday evening here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. I might be going out later, folks. So I'm just going to try and get through as much as I can over the next half hour or so. And then if you want to read the rest of the article, like I said, it's available. Link in the show notes below. Link in the info box below. This article, very detailed. Took me a long time to write it. Come up with all the, the notes and the references, what have you. It's available to you for free. So whatever we don't get through in this presentation, I hope you'll go and read the article for yourself. It explains everything that I'm trying to convey. So just give me a second. I'll have a quick little sip of my drink here. Let's do it. So I wrote this, by the way, I wrote this back in October of 2017. Holy shit, almost five years ago now. I guess time flies when you're having fun. Locked down in beautiful Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, boy, shit. I mean, I look back at those days and I'm like, holy shit, man. <sighs> Enough about that. All right, so I, this is what I wrote for the preface for this piece. I wrote... During the most recent Sunday Skype call, I enjoyed a long chat with Mezzi, Chad628, and Dante from New York. Before we had the Discord, we had a Skype, and we'd have these regular Sunday Skype calls. So on a Sunday, Sunday morning, Australia time, which would be uh, Saturday evening, America time, we would have these Skype calls. And this was back when the website only had like maybe 20 members, 30 members, something like that. It was a very small, cozy little club. And we would say, if you want to chat with me and other members, be online at this time and we'll have a group call. That's what we used to do. Then Discord came along, which I think from a user experience is far superior. So we use Discord now for the member Discord calls. But back in the day, it was Skype. So what I was writing at this time was that on a Sunday, Skype had a chat with Mizzy, Chat628 and Dante from York. By the way, all three of those guys are still on the call to this day. I've met Mizzy in real life. If I go to America, I want to go to California, meet Chad. And uh, Dante, he's in Mexico these days. I've got a feeling that one day I'm going to meet both of those dudes. I hope that I do. But I've already met Mizzy, and they're all, all three of them are still members of the website to this day. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. So here I wrote that. At one point during the conversation, the topic of research methodology came up. I have repeatedly explained why I do not consider the vast bulk of alternative research. Hold on, let me highlight while I read. I've explained why I don't consider that most of these uh, alternative researchers to involve any real research at all. More on that in just a moment. I was asked if I might consider putting my energy towards trying to assist the would-be researchers in the ACT realm, ACT as in Alternative Conspiracy Truth, ACT. I call this broader, mm, what would you say, this uh, field, this broader, what's, what's the word for it? There's lots of people who have ideas that are different to the TV or different to education system. You might call them alternative. Then there are people who believe that there's an agenda behind what's going on. You might call them conspiracy. Then there's a group of people who feel like they're searching for the truth. And this all overlaps. So I just called the act role. So basically, Mezzi, Chad, and or Dante asked me if I would put my energy into trying to help people with their methodologies. So at the time, this was five years ago, I had my research methodology. And I was asked, how about you write an article that explains your methodology? Because it's not, it's not very clear necessarily 
how you decide what is good evidence, what's bad evidence, whatever. And so I thought, you know what? I've already tried to explain my research methodology and it made no difference whatsoever. And what I was referring to was a video that I made called the Monkey Ladder Banana Experiment and Primary Sources, which I published on November 30 of 2015. So we're talking, we're talking more than six years ago. In fact, that was within 18 months of me getting into this scene and, and trying to be content creator, I'd made this video. So let's just watch a couple of minutes. We won't watch too much because I'm gonna be honest with you. Back when I first got into this, I didn't know as much then as I know now about how to convey your ideas to people in a way that makes sense to them. How to be entertaining. How important is it that whatever you're trying to tell people, you say it in a way that captures their attention. Back then, I was way more naive. So this nine or 10 minute video, logically, is very sound. And in terms of what it's presenting, is very clear. And it's, I think, very sensible. But it's not particularly entertaining video. So let's just watch a couple minutes of this. And on the other side, I'm gonna come back and read the rest of this article. Yeah, yeah, boy. In fact, let's go full screen. Hello, friends. John the Bond here on Monday, the 30th of November, 2015. And today we're taking a look at the monkey ladder banana experiment. And the reason why we're doing this is because it's instructive when it comes to the topics of skepticism, research, and the importance of primary evidence. And we'll get to all of that in a moment. But for those of you who aren't aware, the monkey ladder banana experiment goes something like this. And we'll use this cartoon as an illustration for it. Basically, a group of scientists placed five monkeys in a cage and in the middle, a ladder with bananas on the top. Every time a monkey went up the ladder, the scientists soaked the rest of the monkeys with cold water. After a while, every time a monkey went up the ladder, the others beat up the one on the ladder. After some time, no monkey dared to go up the ladder, regardless of the temptation. Scientists then decided to substitute one of the monkeys. The first thing this new monkey did was to go up the ladder. Immediately, the other monkeys beat him up. After several beatings, the new member learned not to climb the ladder, even though he never knew why. A second monkey was substituted and the same occurred, and so on and so forth. When what was left was a group of five monkeys that even though they had never received a cold shower, continued to beat up any monkey who attempted to climb the ladder. And basically that's the point of the experiment. They got to a point where having replaced all of the monkeys who knew why they were beating up whoever went up the ladder, slowly but surely they got to a point where none of the monkeys had actually ever been showered. They just knew that if someone went up the ladder, they had to beat him up. And this experiment is used as, I guess, an indication of herd behavior, crowd psychology, these kinds of things. Now, if you type in monkey banana ladder experiment into YouTube, you'll get a whole bunch of results, some pretty good illustrations. A number of people have taken the time to try and show how the experiment worked with their own videos. And it's all very interesting and it seems like it's useful, but there's one major problem. The five monkeys experiment never happened. Now, this article that I've got here is from Throwcase. This was published on December 21, 2014. And here is an illustration of that experiment that... All right, so what I then do for the rest of that presentation is I explain, here is why I know this event is a hoax. So here's why I've come to that conclusion. So there's one article on the internet, actually there were several articles, but I focused on one talking about how it never happened, which that gives you an indication. 
So what I say is, you know what, forget the articles, man. Forget the YouTube videos. Let's go right back to the beginning. If there is meant to be this experiment, a scientific experiment, then it ought to have been published somewhere. So let's go and find it. And it turns out you can't find it. You can find experiments that are kind of somewhat similar. So you look into those experiments and if, and if you read, if you download the scientific paper or the paper and then you read through what is the abstract? What is the aim? What is the methodologies? If you read, what's the conclusion? If you read through it for yourself, you realize this is, does not prove anything to do with the, the monkey ladder. It's, it's got, it's, there's no evidence, right? And so in that case, I was trying to explain, so there are people who say that it happened, but they weren't there. Let's go to the primary source, the scientific experiment, the paper. There is none. So if there's no primary source, there's just a bunch of secondary or tertiary sources claiming it. Why would you believe it? Now, some people will come back and they'll be like, actually, JLB, I believe it because I prefer to believe it. And I'm like, that's cool. That's totally cool, man. That's sh honestly, man, I'm cool with that. But for those of us who want to base our beliefs on actual evidence, well, we can't believe in this ladder experiment anymore. And for a lot of people, that's very difficult because they have already believed in it. They're already emotionally connected to the story, to this idea. So for those people, like when, you, when you're emotionally attached to an idea, especially if it's something you've shared with friends or family, like suppose you heard about the, the monkey banana ladder experiment and you're at a Thanksgiving uh, dinner or a Christmas dinner or something. And, and you're sitting at the table and you say to people, hey, have you guys heard about this monkey ladder banana experiment? And they're like, no, you're like, check it out. Some scientists put some monkeys in a, in a cage they put bananas at the top of a ladder in the cage. The monkeys tried to climb the ladder. They shot them with a cold hose. So the monkeys got scared to go up there. But the researchers went even further. They shot the whole bunch of monkeys with the hose. So now all the monkeys are like, holy shit, if any other monkey goes up the ladder, I need to drag his ass down. Because if he gets too high, we're all going to get sprayed with the hose. So what happened was over time, the monkeys stopped going up the ladder. And on the off chance that someone tried, the rest would drag him down. But then the researchers replaced the monkeys one by one, those monkeys would see the bananas. They were like, oh yeah, boy, I want to get me some bananas. They go to walk up the ladder. The other monkeys are like, F you, motherfucker. You can't go up there. They drag his ass down. So then that monkey would learn that if any monkey tried to walk up the ladder, drag his ass down. So then the researchers replaced each monkey one by one to the point where none of these monkeys had ever actually been up the ladder and gotten sprayed. They just knew through learned behavior to drag this monkey down isn't this a fascinating story? It's like how humans learn to tear each other down. Isn't this amazing? And then maybe your friends or family or people you've told are like, oh, that's really interesting. Like that, that does kind of, uh, you know, demonstrate how humans work. Like we, we do tear each other down, huh? So you become emotionally invested in the story. So for someone who's done that, to then find out that this never happened, that you have been repeating a blatant lie based on no evidence, for a lot of people, man, that their ego is going to get in the way. They're like, no, it did happen, JLB. Fuck you, JLB. Fuck you and the horse you rode on, motherfucker. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. Like, don't... I'm not trying to make you angry, man. I'm not trying to upset anybody. Trust me, if I wanted to upset people, it'd be super easy. Because having dedicated six, seven, eight years of my life to this thing that I'm doing, I know a lot of things about the world that I didn't used to know that a lot of people still don't know. And the easiest way to piss people off is to tell them the truth. So I could easily just go and bomb other people's parties, their live streams, their blogs. Their... Like I could just bomb people and be like, come on, man. 
you do know that that's a hoax, right? Nobody died, nobody got hurt. I could do that. I could be more subtle about it. Hey, do you guys still believe in nuclear bombs? Really? But you guys, you guys base your opinions on evidence, right? What's the evidence that nuclear bombs ever existed? Oh, come on. Like, if I wanted to troll with the truth, it'd be, the easiest way to troll is with the truth. I could easily be a truth to troll. That's not what I'm doing. So, uh, those of you watching this right now, if you want to believe in Caesar or Plato or Socrates or Sun Tzu or the Library of Alexandria getting burnt, like whatever it is, like or ancient Egypt, man, King Tutankhamun, please like switch off right now. I'm not trying to upset you. Believe whatever you want. It's so long as you're ha- so long as you're happy, I'm happy. Okay. The reason I do this is because for some reason this is what I started doing, and now it is what I am relatively good at. I say relatively because if I tried to go and be an architect, I couldn't do that right now. I'm not trained in doing that. If I tried to go and be a, a coder, if I tried to go and be a, a front-end web developer, I couldn't do it. I don't have the skills, bro. If I tried to go and be a translator, say from English to Bulgarian or, or vice versa, I couldn't do it. I don't have the skills. So the different skills that pay the bills, I just don't have those skills in many fields. One field that I do have is this field, independent research, which unfortunately, everybody thinks they're a researcher in this. Oh, I'm a researcher. What research do you do? I watch lots of YouTube videos. I, I listen to podcasts. Yeah, okay. That's that's wonderful. Okay. The point is, I'm not trying to upset anybody, all right? I'm not trying to upset anybody. I, don't, I really don't want to upset anybody. I, I just want people to be happy, man. Even the people who don't want me to be happy, I want them to be happy. Well, I, I wish we could all be happy. And that's what I'm doing. All right. So in the live stream chat, we've got 30 people watching live. Goodness gracious me. Get your comments coming through right now. Yeah, yeah, boy. Noel Watson says, I never thought of it like that. He's referring to my comments earlier about what do we give energy to? He says, I support Nathan Oakley's channel. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I do believe Nathan Oakley is still doing his daily flat earth debates. And I'm actually planning to invite Nathan to be a guest at my conversation series sometime soon. That would be fantastic. To sit back, he can, what I do is the first hour of the call is meant to be serious and it's meant to be all about the guest. So suppose Oakley was the guest. It'd all be about him. So tell us about your channel. Uh, what are some of the highlights of your channel? What are you trying to achieve? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, listen to know where can I find your channel? Put links in the info box below, blah, blah, blah. That's the end of the first hour of the show. Then the second hour is just myself and the guest chilling out, having fun. And in Oakley's case, I think it'd be fun just to reminisce about 2014, 15, 16. I think Oakley got into this scene in 2015. He started hosting his own show. I forget what he called it. But there used to be a, a weekly show called The Baller Skeptic Roundtable. And I was, of course, the host of the show. And I had with me a couple of co-hosts, uh, David Weiss, also known as Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, and Matrix Decode, who uh, he's, he's openly said his name is Ben. So to me, he was Matrix Decode slash Ben. And we had a lot of fun on that show. It was fantastic. But then after 12 episodes, I'm like, okay, I think we've interviewed enough Flat Earth. I think we get the idea of where they're coming from. Some of them have some very good arguments against the official model and against NASA and, and some other ideas as well. It's terrific. If somebody wants to believe in Flat Earth, that's their business. It's time for me to move on. I kind of regret that. I kind of, I shouldn't say regret. That's not the right word. I look back and I think, was that the right decision? Maybe I, maybe my life would have been better if I had just stuck with the baller skeptic round table JLB coming to you from beautiful Brisbane Australia got with me David Weiss David how you going I'm not going to try and impersonate you by the way but those are fun times you know, the point of my story is after that 
I guess people realized a weekly show or a regular show dedicated to Flat Earth could be a, uh, how do we say, lucrative is not the right word. It could be um, relatively popular, let's just say. And so Nathan Oakley came along and started doing his show and he was doing interviews. Before he did the Ball Earth, uh, the Flat Earth um, debates, not really a debate, is it? But before he started doing his, uh, his daily shows, he was actually doing an interview show and he's very good at it. He's very good, interv- he's a very smart guy, Nathan Oakley. So, Noel, if you're supporting Oakley, I'm glad. In fact, he's in the chat. Nathan Oakley's in the chat. Okay, Nathan, if you heard what I just said, I'm serious about this. I'm planning to invite you to be a conversation guest. And my plan is, because what I do is, it's not really the first hour, it's more like the first 40 minutes. It is basically a way for us to share with the audience, who is this guy or this girl? Uh, I've had uh, a guest on the show, Human Vibration is, is a lady. So, whether it's a guy or a girl, who is this individual and what are they into? What are your main things? In 40 or 50 minutes, let's give them the 411. Let's give them the, the, the basics of what you do. And we'll link to your channel or your website in the show notes below. And then if you want to listen to me just chatting with this person off the cuff, whatever comes up, comes up, go and listen to the second hour, which is available for members of jollabond.com and also to patrons of Human Vibration or of whoever I'm interviewing. I say you can give the second hour to your patrons or your people as well. But the second hour is only for people who support this stuff. If I don't support it, good luck to them. I wish them the best. But the people who do support it should get the second hour. And that's where the fun really happens. And I think, Nathan, man, we could... I think we could reminisce about 2015, 16 for two hours and have a lot of fun. A lot of crazy shit happened, man. Which I don't even want to get into right now because we're meant to be talking about primary source research methodology. But I'll tell you what, Nathan Oakley, you must sometimes think to yourself I mean, I shouldn't say you must I'm guessing you must sometimes think to yourself man what a crazy seven years this has been since we got into all of this if only we knew then what we know now goodness gracious me forgive me folks I'm just sipping a little bit of rosé over here 40 people watching live yeah boy who else we got in the live stream chat thirst for truth is in the live stream chat he was a guest on sometimes record in fact, he would also be a great guest for Bombversations. Might have to get in touch with Thirst for Truth. What else have we got here? I'll just read these comments and then we'll get back to the uh, primary source research methodology. Validation Boy would also be a terrific guest for Bombversations. He says that monkey... No, he says that monkeys think the Earth is a globe. I know he's being facetious. I doubt that the monkeys think about the shape of the Earth. I doubt it. But I could be wrong. What do I know? Bill Burns says, pretty sure the original experiment like this involved crabs and they didn't have to train or irritate to get them to make their fellows fail by dragging them down when they tried to escape a bowl. Pardon me. So, yes, the idea of crabs in a bucket, that one does check out. You can find the videos of people with a bunch of crabs in a bucket and you can see the crabs trying to get out and they all want, maybe not trying to get out, but like as they're lifting themselves, other crabs pull them down. Now, those videos could be fake. I'll be honest, I've never tested this for myself. The crabs in the bucket could, in fact, be a hoax. Nobody died, nobody got hurt. That's possible. But just as a conceptual idea, this idea of if you put all the crabs in the bucket, they'll pull each other down. We've seen that in real life. Same with the monkey ladder banana experiment. The idea makes sense because we've seen it. The issue is, was there really an experiment that did this? And the answer is no. And why is that important? Because guess what, folks? Most of what we think we know about ancient history 
we've never taken the time to check for the primary sources. We read it in a book. We saw it in a documentary. We heard it. We, people speak about their stories and we hear them. Those stories might be true, but who's checking to see, okay, where's the story come from? And the answer is, folks, almost nobody. Until one day, some crazy motherfucker from Brisbane came along and said, you know what, folks? I'm going to check the stories. I'm going to check to see, how do we know that there was a guy called Herodotus, the father of history? How do we know that? What did he write? Let's go and see what he wrote. All right? Obviously, he wrote in a different language to English. That's fine. Let's see if we can find a translation of it. Let's go and... Like, what did he write? All right? And we, we just assume that someone has a copy of what this guy wrote. And it turns out, no, they don't. Nobody does. These stories all came into existence a few hundred years ago. Now, I know some of you are like, JLB, that's bullshit, mate. What do you mean, a few hundred years ago? These people wrote these stories thousands of years ago. We've got copies of them in libraries. And I'm like, okay, fine, bro. Just bear with me. Let's go through the process to find out what, before we even judge the evidence, let's go and find the evidence. I know this isn't as fun as watching Desperate Housewives or Love Island or The Bachelorette or some bland-ass cooking show where they cook meals that you'll never cook, but you feel good learning how to do it. I know it's not as fun as all of that. Or getting drunk and going and playing pool, which is what I might do later on this evening, as a matter of fact. I know it's not as fun. But if we're going to base our opinions on evidence, it is incumbent on us to go and try and find the evidence. That's what we're talking about here. All right, 45 people watching live. Validation Boy says, I would vote Joe Bean to Congress. Uh, I appreciate that, uh, Validation Boy. I would rather see you in Congress I'd rather see you, I think you would stir the pot and uh, make a, a big kerfuffle. It'd be fun for people like me to watch. So I appreciate you saying that you would vote me in. And I think I would also uh, stir the pot and uh, make some fun. But I'd rather see you in there, VB. I know it would never happen either of us in, in Congress, but uh, I appreciate the compliment. That means a lot to me. Thank you, VB. I really appreciate that. All right. Who else we got? Uh, Rorschach's still in there. True Niece says, why would you do that to JLB? Make him have to deal with the people in Congress. And that'd be fun, True Niece. I, I put on a suit every day and... I don't know how it works in America, but in Australia, which is obviously where I'm from, you get... If you become a member of parliament, you get uh, given a driver. <laughs> so someone who just drives you around places. How sweet would that be? Just rocking up to a restaurant, getting out of there, saying... Like, the driver, he's paid well. You don't have to worry about him. Like, let's just say his name is... Um, Perkins. Hey, Perkins, bro, you go and chill out for a couple of hours, man. Do what you want to do. I'll call you in a couple of hours when I'm, I'm ready to pick me up. He's like, no worries, chief. Off he goes. He has fun. You have fun. And then it's time to go. Like It's like, all right, where are we kicking on to, lads? We've had our feed. We've had a couple of drinks. Where are we going? I've got a driver. Perkins, we're heading to Tender Touch. <laughs> Take us to Tender Touch. Yeah, yeah, boy. Jump in the car, boys. No room in the car. Hey, Perkins, open the boot. I'm going to chuck Harry in the boot. Harry, get in there. It's only a five-minute ride. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, boy. I mean, I'd love to be a congressman. Or in Australia, we call him a member of parliament or a senator. Ah, oh, that'd be fun. I don't think it's ever going to happen, though. I don't think it's going to happen. You never know. Tim Osman, the original Tim Osman with an S. He says, I'll smoke one to that. Tim, listen, I'm in the, the JLB Discord right now. You can come and join me for this live stream chat. Don't know how late we're going to go. It's meant to be about primary source research methodology. But we can talk about whatever you want. Come and join me in the Discord. I'm pretty sure you're still in that Discord. You are welcome to come and check it out. 
All right, Tim Osman says, back when John Le Bon was John Le Bon. No, it was never John Le Bon without an H. It's always been J-O-H-N Le Bon. You might be confusing me with John Le Bon, Super Agent John Le Bon. Let me find this one right now. Super Agent John Le Bon. This is some crazy shit, folks. What you're about to see. If you don't believe me, that's fine. I don't, you don't, like, you have every right not to believe the story I'm about to tell you. Some of you guys have already heard the story. Some of you haven't. Let me just get this copy image, uh, copy image link. Yes. Then we will go back to, let's go to this. Paste and go. All right. Oh, that doesn't really work. Can you guys see that on your screen? That's, that's, that's a bad version of the image. Let's try this again. Open linking new tab. Thanks for bearing me by the way, folks. I've, I was at the cafe today. I usually go to the cafe and do my emails and try and work on this article that I've been working on. It's a huge, I'm working on this massive article about history hoax. It's taking me, taking me some time. Yeah, yeah, boy. Um, yeah, that version will do. So if you get this, and then we go back to the screen that we were on, paste and go. Yeah, yeah, boy. Come on now. I'm like a bird. All right, there we go. So on your screen right now, folks, you can see Super Agent John LeBon, Brain of the Apocalypse. I'm sorry this particular image is not a very good resolution one, but I really can't be bothered wasting time to find a good one. Super Agent John LeBon, Brain of the Apocalypse. This is the first edition of Super Agent John LeBon. And it's all about this guy who is a super agent. And his job is to get to the bottom of matters. And the, this is a multi-part... I think the guy who wrote the series... The last I checked, there were like six editions of this. It could be up to 10 or 12, I don't know. It's now been turned into an actual comic uh, book cartoon. So the guy who wrote this has done very well for himself and I'm very happy for him. The thing is, it's very strange. He also has long hair and wears a beanie, which is what I used to do. Now, it's a bit too hot here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria to wear a beanie. I haven't worn that beanie for a long time, but that used to be my look, was the beanie. The guy who wrote Super Agent John the Bond, Brain of the Apocalypse... Also, long hair and a beanie. What are the odds of that? It's crazy shit. Now he, now listen. He, here's the thing, Tim Osman. He spells his name John, or he spells the the, the, the character's name John LeBon, without an H. I've always been John LeBon with an H, man. I'm not trying to Mandela affect you. I'm not trying to manduzzle you. But that is a fact. That's what I've always done. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smartass here. Let's go back to the live stream chat comments. Yeah, yeah, boy. Who else we got in there? Let's read a comment. Leighton Stones says, Shout out to Antonio Subarat's legend. <clears throat> yeah, well, obviously the story is that Antonio has passed away. And if that is the case, and I suspect that it is the case, it, it could be a fake story. But my best guess is that he really is gone. That's a very sad uh, turn of events. He and I had a big debate back in 2016 about the shape of the earth. But after that, like... Do you ever watch boxing MMA? Where these dudes are duking it out, smashing each other, trying to hurt each other real bad. But if they make it to the end of the third round or the fifth round of MMA or the end of the sixth round or eighth, tenth, twelfth round in boxing, whatever it is, as soon as the fight's over, they like give each other a big hug. That's how I feel about Antonio Subarats, man. For like a short period, we were mortal enemies. But once it was over, I was like, dude, you're fine by me. And we got along really well. And uh, I, I happen to quite like the guy. I know that you rubbed a few people the wrong way, but I rubbed some people the wrong way. Big deal. Like, so long as you're just trying to, to do your best and just be honest, like, what's the problem? And I think that's what he was doing. 
Now you might say to me, oh, but Joel B, he's a flat earther and you, you're, the, you're the world's leading flat earther bunker. How can you like a guy like Antonio? Just because I have a different opinion to somebody about something doesn't mean I can't like them. <laughs> and, and to me, this is like so uh, straightforward. But a lot of people have, to me, this is my opinion, a very juvenile attitude. What? He believes something I don't believe? Fuck that guy. It's so juvenile, man. It's, it's ridiculous, man. Antonio was cool I liked him and uh, I'll see if I can I think it's on my website johnthebond.com I think if you look up Antonio Subarats let's go to this let's look up Subarats you can still find my debate with him to this day uh, let's see yep Flat Earth Debate Antonio Subarats versus John Lebon hosted by Nathan Oakley 29 May 2016 that's more than six years ago folks what the fuck oh it says it's <laughs> It says this content is for members only. Look, what I can do is I can make that public as well. I can make... I think you can still find this on YouTube. Like, I think you don't need my website. I've uploaded it to my website, to my own video host, my own audio host. But I think you can still find that on YouTube for free if, if you really want to see it. It's a very good uh, piece of content if you want to learn what are the good arguments and the bad arguments for Ball Earth and for Flat Earth. If, you, if you're genuinely interested in, in getting to the bottom of it, it's very useful. Uh, but it's, like I said, I think it's still out there somewhere. I think it's still out there somewhere. Anyway. So let me finish these comments from the live stream chat. Then we'll get back to this uh, primary source research methodology. Yeah, yeah, boy. Shit, motherfucker. Hey, Michael Guimont. Mike G. Seven years. He's got a little clan. Mike G is the moderator here at JohnLeBond.com YouTube channel. By the way, guys, 50 people watching live right now. Thanks all of you for coming out. I was just going to do one hour, but if there's 40, 50 people watching live all around the world, and I don't think I'm too drunk, am I? I did have a couple of margaritas at the old cafe, and by a couple, I mean three. There are only seven. Guys, I'm not made of stone. So I get to the cafe, I sit down, I have a coffee, and I always buy a little bottle of water as well, and I sit there and I'm working on replying to emails, working on updating the website. Today, working on this article that I've been working on, right? Whatever I'm doing, sometimes I edit podcasts and shit, whatever. It gets to, say, 7 p.m., and the margaritas are seven leather. That's like four U.S. dollars. It's like five, 550 AUD for a beautiful margarita. How do I say no to that? And then I get a second one, and then sometimes a third. Look, I'm not trying to defend myself. I just... I have had a couple of margaritas, and now I'm on the old rosés as well. So bear with me, folks. JohnTheBond.com. What we're doing today is, folks, we're taking a look at this primary source research methodology. Yeah, yeah, boy. Even if you want to say that John the Bond's wrong, which is totally fine. I, I am wrong about some things. I could be wrong about history. It is worth understanding why I say what I say. It's not coming from... No- I used to believe in history, folks. In fact, I'll tell you the truth. I don't, I don't know if I've spoken about this uh, publicly before. Maybe I have, I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll speak publicly now. When I first went to university, because I spent a few years in the university system, when I first went to university, I studied a Bachelor of Arts, a Bachelor of what you might call in America, liberal arts. And I majored in, and this is no word of a lie, philosophy, okay? Now, when you do a major in philosophy, you will do a couple of units that are about logic and uh, what you might call epistemology and how you arrive at certain conclusions, whatever. And now, that was very useful for me, and I'm very grateful. 
you're also going to do a few units where you're learning about the history of thinking. Oh, well, Socrates was this great thinker, and he passed his wisdom on to Plato. And Plato was the first one to codify the different manners in which we have logical fallacies and blah, 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 blah. I used to really believe in Plato and Socrates. They were like heroes to me in a way. So when I later discovered that these guys are in fact a hoax and nobody died, nobody got hurt by some bullshit fucking poison drink, when I learned that, it, like, this was not good news to me, folks, all right? So I share it with you only because I now believe this to be the truth. I'm not sharing it with you because I'm trying to ruin your mm, idea of what the world is and how it came to be. I'm just sharing this because this is what I do now, okay? If I could go back seven or eight years, maybe I'd have done something very different. But this is where I ended up in life, okay? Sitting here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria, 11 p.m. on a Wednesday evening. An apartment that looks over the river, drinking rosé, and uh, talking to you lovely people all around the world. This is just how it panned out. It is what it is, folks. It is what it is. Just give me a second. I'm going to drink some more rosé. Yeah, yeah, boy. Alright, what's next? Who else is in the live stream chat? Zintrax, who by the way is a new member here at JohnTheBond.com Let me go and prove this to you, yeah yeah boy The full members The latest, Nikki from South Africa, Erudito from I don't know where, Clorox from I don't know where, Moon Harvest from Australia, and Zintrax Zintrax, where are you from? Let us know in the live stream chat, and also do worry They're the newest members here at JohnTheBond.com Plus, there's about 80 other people from around the world making all this possible. Yeah, yeah, boy. Thank you very much. Zintrax, let us know where you're from. Okay, so... I will get through the... Normally, I don't get this... I wasn't expecting to have, you know, 40, 50 people watching live. I was expecting more like 10 or 20, so it was going to be easy to go through my article. But when I've got people leaving comments, I can't help but read them out and respond to them. It's, uh, it's fun for me. Who else we got in here? Uh, let's see... Zintrax says most of the stories are outrageous. You mean the stories of history? Yeah, you better believe they are. It's ridiculous. Oh, haven't you, guys, have you heard the story? A couple thousand years ago, there was this library, and people brought books from all around the world, parchments and tablets, and they had, all, they had the best collection of knowledge from around the world at the time. But then guess what happened? Oh, my God. It's a horrible story. It burnt down. The library burnt down. And with it went... So much human knowledge and progress up to that point in time. Oh my God, it's a horrible thing. If that library hadn't have burnt down, who knows how much further we would be as civilization, as society, as people, if that knowledge hadn't have been burnt. Oh my God, it's, just, it's a really sad thing. It's a great story. Is it based on any ev- like any actual evidence? And some people are like, oh well, I saw it in a documentary. To them, that's evidence. And I'm like, okay... I don't think you get what I mean by evidence. Who wrote down that this happened? Can we get what they wrote? If we can't get what they wrote, can we get a translation? If we can't get a translation that's contemporaneous, i.e. from the time of the event, like what? let's work out what we can actually get. And here's the thing. Dear listeners, readers, and viewers all around the world here at JohnTheBond.com, there is no evidence of any of this shit. Any of it any oh you can't say that Shelby you're not a you're not a uh, history uh, professor and I'm like no I'm not (laughs) 
So I've got a lot less invested in these stories than the people that you think are experts. Goodness gracious me. Teddy Bear says, John LeBon, thoughts on the jet fuel hoax? You know what, Teddy Bear? I'm glad you asked because guess what? Not so long ago, I happened to put together a video about this very topic. Let's go to the YouTube studio. Yeah, yeah, boy. I say not so long ago. It was like five years ago. Five year, four or five years ago, I did a video about the jet fuel hoax. Let's take a look at this. Sorry, you guys can't see. You guys can just see my Firefox window. This is now using my... Uh, what do I use? Chrome. My Chrome window. The jet fuel hoax. Let's take a look at this. Yeah, yeah, boy. Uh, let's see. I'm going to post a link to this in the live stream chat. That's what we're going to do. Let's take a look here. I'm going to post this in live stream chat. Let's just take a look. Just two minutes, shall we, of me looking at the um, jet fuel hoax. I'm like a bird. All right, let's take a look at this right now. What people are talking about right now is the jet fuel hoax. Uh, there is this idea that uh, the planes that people fly in from one country to another because the fuel is supposed to be in the wings, you see? That's the story. That's the official story, is that the fuel is stored, not all of it, but most of it, in the wings, right? And so when a plane is on the tarmac refueling, or it's at an airport refueling, that uh, hoses or pipes of some variety are pumping a huge amount of fuel into the wings, and into, I guess there's some in the fuselage as well, but a lot of it into the wings, so that when this bad boy takes off into the air, that's where the fuel is coming from. That's roughly the official story. So there are people saying, actually, no, we think that's not true. We think there's no... We don't think it's fuel that's doing this. We think these uh, planes are powered some other way. And some of these people will say, you couldn't possibly put that much fuel in the wings. The wings couldn't structurally support it. Or they couldn't pump that amount of fuel into the wings in that space of time. Or where is all of this fuel coming from? How come we don't just see tons of tankers making their way to and from the airport? Like, I've been to Melbourne Airport many times. I don't see tons of fuel tankers going back and forth. So, so where the hell is the fuel coming from? Some of these people would say. So what I want to do is get your opinions. Everybody on the call, Dave, Jay, Vela said, and Cody from Memphis, if you can hear us, I'm going to shut up. Let's go around the round table. You guys tell me, do you believe that planes are flying across the sea from one continent to another with fuel in the wings? Do you believe that? And uh, if you do believe that, are you open-minded to the possibility that maybe... We're being deceived about this plane fuel. Let's go first to, uh, let's go around in alphabetical order. Let's go to Cody, then to Dave, then to Velocet. Cody, do you, do you believe that these planes are flying on jet fuel? And if so, do you believe the fuel is in the wings? What do you believe about all of this? I'm going to put myself on mute. Uh, okay. Can you, can you all hear me very good? Yep. Can hear you fine. Okay. Uh, just, I can't speak specifically about airplanes, but I can speak about, uh, Helicopters, I was on a destroyer at one point in time, and we did refuel those things with JP-8 fuel. So, yeah. yeah. I can't speak about airplanes, though. What kind of destroyer were you on? Uh, DDG, uh, so the, the uh, Aegis class. Oh, okay. I was on a, uh, Spru I was on a Spruance. Yeah. DD-971. Among others, but that was the latest, the last one I was on. So I guess, so I, my, my, uh, you know, opinion on this thing is that, um, fuel is being burned, as far as I can tell. Uh, the amount of fuel that's being burned may be 
point of discussion, and it may be that um, the elevation and the buoyancy of, of the, the... All right, so that's three minutes, folks, of my video about the jet fuel hoax. I'll put a link to that in... Uh, I've already put a link to that in the live stream chat. I'll try and put a link to that in the show notes below. I, I'm only talking about this because somebody in my live stream chat asked me about it. So, Teddy Bear, I, if you're interested, go and check out johnlebond.com. I've got a... Just type in jet fuel hoax. The thing is, you know a lot of YouTubers, they... Uh, they just use YouTube, right? So if their channel gets deleted or something, they're like, oh man, I lost all my videos. I put so much effort into them. Which I'm, I'm very sympathetic to them, by the way. I'm very sympathetic. But it's not difficult to just create your own website, use WordPress, it's super easy, and then uh, archive your videos. Now, of course, if you're just embedding the videos, you'll still lose them when the channel disappears. You can do what I do. Just spend a few hundred dollars a year. It doesn't cost much. There's various video hosting uh, companies out there where if you just pay them a few hundred bucks a year, it's not that much. You can upload whatever the hell you want and they don't censor you because you're a paying customer. So I back up my videos to my own website. So when YouTube deleted me, it was a big pain in the ass. I'm not happy about it, but it I didn't lose all my work. All my work was, was backed up both on my um, other account, my, my online account that I paid for, and also my hard drives. So you can go to johnthebond.com and type in, any, type in any topic and it will give you a bunch of pages to click on and they will have the videos waiting for you. Even stuff from before my original channel got uh, deleted. So guys, if you just joined us late, by the way, it is John the Bond coming to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. It is Wednesday, July 20, 2022. I'm talking about what I mean when I talk about research because... Almost everybody in this scene considers themselves to be a researcher, and that's cool. But a lot of us are using that word in different ways. So what do I... If I say to you, I've researched Herodotus, the father of history, according to the official story, and I don't believe he exists because of my research, what do I mean when I say research? Do I mean that I just watched a YouTube video for 10 minutes of some guy saying it's a hoax? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a hoax. Like, am I just parroting somebody else's opinion? Or did I listen to a podcast where someone said it's a hoax? I'm like, yeah, it's a hoax. Or am I just auto-hosting history and saying, well, everything else is fake, so I'm gonna fake, I'm gonna auto-host history as well? Is that what I'm doing? Maybe. Or maybe there's a method to the madness, folks. Maybe. So that's what we're talking about right now here at JohnTheBond.com. Yeah, yeah, boy, welcome to all of you. Leave your comments in the comment section below. I was meant to be going through this article, and I will. I will, I'll do that. But there's been some really nice comments, and I wanna try and get people involved in this. So, and by the way, a lot of the names in the live stream chat, I'm familiar with them. Some of them, I've known these guys for five, six, seven years, guys. The time flies, doesn't it? Dude, imagine getting me, imagine getting myself, Validation Boy, Nathan Oakley together at a nice cafe with some nice margaritas and just shooting the wind. Imagine, dude, that would be so fun. It'll probably never happen because Oakley and uh, Validation Boy are in um, different continents. But little things like that, like you guys from the past, 2014, 15, 16, I look back on that time fondly and I don't hold any grudges to anybody. So... I like to imagine that one day, some of us will get together and just like, get together, have a beer and be like, hey, do you remember that guy? <laughs> just for one example. Imagine if VB and Oakley and I were sitting there and one of us says, hey, do you guys remember that uh, Morgyle guy? I think we'd all crack up. I know I'd crack up laughing. And it'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he seemed so smart at the beginning. <laughs> he, he really did. I think he, I think he was genuinely intelligent. But... You know, it's certain people get mixed up with certain substances and it can really mess their brain. Which, by the way, I'm not trying to defend alcohol. But even when I'm 
a bottle of rosé in, I'm still... Put it this way. I'm not coming to you and saying, give me some money because my wife is going to die without it. And then I go and take the money and spend it on drugs. I don't do that. Hopefully, I'll never do that. I can't... I mean, touch... Knock on wood, it never comes to that. How the hell did that happen with the mortgage? I'm not trying to pick on the mortgage, by the way. God love him, God bless him, good luck to him. But some of this shit that happened back then, now that we've had some time to look back at what happened, hopefully we can all find it. I find it amusing. Hopefully you guys do as well. Thirst for truth in the live stream chat says, Timmy Osman, with a little um, exasperated expression, you think JLB's name has changed? You've been manduzzled. Yeah, Thirst, look, Tim Osman with an S, the original one, has said to me before, he thinks my name has changed. Like a few years ago, he said that. I'm like, bro, it's always been John LeBond with an H, always. And if you go to John LeBond without an H, it used to be, I'm not sure now, used to be a fitness instructor and like one of those cool fitness instructors that show you their own before and after. And that guy used to be huge. Then he lost all the weight. I guess he became passionate about fitness and health and then began, like he... He now decided that his job in life was going to be to be a personal trainer and help other people lose weight, which to me is cool AF. And I hope he's making good money helping people. Like, if there's something in life that you care about and you want to share with people because you think it helps you and you want to help other people, that, forget going, okay, I don't know, how do I put this? To those of you who work in offices or work in factories or uh, whatever, doing jobs you don't really care about, but you do it for money, I've got no problem with that. I've done it before. I will probably do it again. But to me, there's something cool about people who say, you know what, I'm passionate about this. This made my life better. I want to share it with people. That's what the John the Bond without an H did. Okay. Now, I don't know if he's still doing that, but he showed his before and after photos. Lost a ton of weight. And now, what, a few years ago, he was a personal trainer. And that has always been his... Uh, I can't say always. At the time, prior to that, that had always been his website. I had never had that domain. All right. My domain was always J-O-H-N-L-E-B-O-N. So, Tim Mozart, if you think I'm punking you or manduzzling you, I'm sorry, but it's always been with an H, bro. It's always been with an H. All right, let's carry on. Disagree, buddy. Oh, holy I shit. Someone's, someone's in the room. We've got Tim Mozart. This is a very special appearance. Uh, this is Tim Osman. Uh, great to have you on board. Welcome to this live stream chat. How are you doing today? Hey, pretty good. I just I just know when I made a bunch of sock accounts, I had made one, and I still have it. It's it's John Lebon something some number at Gmail, uh, J O N though. So I remember. Just for a second, I want the audience to let us know. I want your audio to come through the same level as me. So let me just adjust the audio to make sure this works. Live stream chat. Can you hear myself and Tim Osman about the same level? So we'll give you a test. I'm JLB, comes here from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. Tim, you go. Just say, yeah. Just say anything. Say it if you want. Uh, anyway, what were we even talking about? I forget. We're trying to get the audio levels, because I, I don't want to be too loud, and I don't want to be too soft. I want it to be about the same. So, live stream chat. Can you hear myself and t- the original Tim Mosman, by the way, the original and the most effective of all time truth or troll there's ever been? Do we sound about the same? Just, just as, as long as we say the same, doesn't matter here. I, I personally admire uh, Ronnie and Johnny uh, Laffenberg over at um, Awake Souls. I think, you know, they stole that uh, trolling for truth meme. Um, at least Ronnie did, and um, and I, I think he does it better, man. At least he's longer lasting. 
I mean, he's been in this making videos for 10, uh, you know, 9, 10 years now. Okay, so for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about, there was a guy called Ronnie the Event Skeptic. And I don't know if you remember this, Tim. I'm going to ask you a question, like a little impromptu JLB trivia. Before the Ball the Skeptic Roundtable, there was the Sunday sessions. Then one day I'm doing a live stream chat with Matrix Decode and somebody else. And then David Weiss heard that came to me and said, hey, bro, I love the show. Let's make it a weekly thing. Do you know who was on the, the prototype of the Baller Skeptic Roundtable? Not Matrix Decode, not David Weiss. It was somebody else. Uh, at the time... I don't blame you for not knowing Sergeant. this. It was Ronnie yeah, the no. Event Skeptic. So oh, if, if, you, if you go back... And sorry for the background noise. I've got my... Uh, door open because it's a warm it's a very warm night here in beautiful lovely Bulgaria so if you go back to episode zero of the Ballers Skeptic Roundtable it was there was no David Weiss there was myself Matrix Decode and Ronnie the Event Skeptic then David Weiss comes along and says hey I love the show let's make this a regular thing I've got some guests that I can bring on to the show and I was like can Matrix Decode be part of it he's like sure at the time I wasn't close with Ronnie the Event Skeptic so I didn't try to get him on the show and uh, probably that was for the best but Ronnie the Event Skeptic was on the original Ball Earth Skeptic Roundtable. True story. Can you believe that? I can, actually. He, he dressed up. He put bells on for uh, Cow Patty Steer back in the day for her uh, pot- <laughs> hey, potato show, which was... Bro, you follow this shit more than I do. What's the latest with Patty Steer? Like, I honest to God do not know if she's in the scene. If she is, what is she doing? I honestly don't know. Are you still following this? No, I don't actually. The only two things I very, very rarely will check in on, uh, just because I'm on the uh, laptop in the morning, is uh, actually Nathan's show for about I don't know two minutes, maybe once a month. Then and uh, Arwen, he's on before, but uh, yeah, there's really nothing much going on. Flat Earth is beyond dead, and. I pretty much haven't made a video for almost three years now. Two things I, I very. You're muted if you're talking. Sorry, am I coming through? Can you hear me? Now. I'm sorry about that, man. I don't know what happened there. I hope that we weren't um, doubling up on the audio. I'm not, dude, I have a producer. I'm doing my best here. All right. So the listeners, some of them know you, Tim Osmond. Some of them don't, man. You've been away. Uh, you haven't been as prominent the last couple of years as you used to be. If I describe you as the original and the best truth of troll, would you accept that as a description or would you want to uh, correct it? No, I think uh, looking back on on that, it was too long on uh, on certain subjects, basically. And really, you were talking about epistemology before, deeper within myself. Okay, fair enough. So, for um, listeners, let me say this: epistemologic, and that was a that was a pretty hard pill. Go ahead. I was just going to say that for those who don't know, you in my this is just my opinion. You can disagree if you want. Your, your intentions were good back in the day and you saw that some people were using this truth movement for their own ends and it wasn't helping anybody. It was actually making things worse. And so you started trolling those people 
because you know fuck these people don't don't pretend that you've got the truth and then take advantage of people fuck these people let's troll them that's what i think that you did back in the day that's my memory of what happened yeah yeah definitely i mean there was definitely trolling before even when i didn't know uh kind of qui bono you know but that was kind of Jeff C era, and that was that was I, I feel quite harmless uh, in a sense. But you know, you, you begin to justify things as you do in life um, to to kind of oh I'll do this to this person because that and you know because um, whatever excuse you give yourself I suppose. So uh, I, I find it. A great I mean the internet is a, a great tool to basically be heard and uh, sometimes we take that further and some people enjoy taking it further to the extent of actually uh, trying to affect someone which is it which is an interesting concept being to able to affect somebody on the other side of the world which you know wasn't really anything humans could do probably uh, a hundred years ago, basically. So, uh, it, it, it's an effective tool and it really triggers people and it's fun at times. But, um, I, I suppose, uh, later in my years, I, I began to, um, find other things to do with my time. That's for sure. And things are going well for you, like without getting too personal, uh, whichever part of the world that you're in, things are going well. You, you sound nice. You sound like you're fine. Everything's going well. Oh yeah. Same old, same old. I mean, COVID was really great for a lot of people. Um, myself being one of them. So, uh, Bro, the last whole... time I spoke to you, I was cut and I was uh, all alone in fucking bullshit. I, listen, I love Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I love Malaysia and I hope to go back there in non-corona times but one time I'm in I'm, I'm locked down in this crappy little apartment and there's nothing to do and somehow I ended up drinking and speaking with you and at the time I won't say too much but let's just say that the impression I got from speaking to you was that you had good company and you were living a good life if, can I put it like that? Okay. yeah same same thing man yeah it's uh definitely definitely stepped away from youtube a lot more i i can't get myself to join other things nowadays everything used to be uh you know a subscription service you know your shoes will be a subscription service your toothbrush uh everything has become that and everything has also become very splintered in a very interesting way as far as Oh, the Twitter's banning me, you know, so then there's five other ones that pop up that are a bunch of just conservative cesspits, basically. So uh, we seem to segregate ourselves in, in certain ways. And and I and I find, you know, living in, in such a place that I do, it's it not very necessary to, to continue such line of inquiry as, uh, you know, I, I might listen to IPS from time to time and um really not much else you know grand theft world is is my favorite thing and no agenda show for sure but that's that's about as far as i i dive anymore it, because i i even listen to things on the mainstream and it's 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 repulsive you can just dissect it uh, every word that they say and 
they're just clowns without the hair and and the makeup on basically all right well shut me down if this is inappropriate what i was trying to subtly hint was that last time i spoke to you it seemed as though you had found a significant person to spend time with in your life and so i'm trying to subtly and diplomatically ask you are things going well on that front oh yeah it's been about three years or so wow good stuff man awesome all right a little more yeah so would you be cool i don't know how long you plan to stay here in fact i was only planning to do one hour i meant to be going out and playing some pool which i there's a nice pool place here and i love it but i'm going to stick around here we've got 50 people watching live right now can you believe this tim osman i didn't announce this ahead of time this isn't scheduled we've got 50 to 60 people watching live right now can you believe that that's crazy goodness gracious me i can i can do you remember the good old days that we'll do it live they used to get 200, 300 people watching live, man. So what happened was, I want your opinion, Tim Osman. At the end of 2020, I uh, flew to Bulgaria to start a new chapter of this journey. And I saw this new, not this new story, this YouTube video saying that uh, a certain person is no longer with us. I'll give you a hint. You want to bang the table, motherfucker? <laughs> I thought we were friends. Oh, yeah. Classics. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Cleveland, Jeff C. Yeah, so the story is that he had... had, uh, And and by the way, most listeners know what we're talking about. He used to be the king, folks. This guy used to be, whether you liked him or you didn't, he was the guy with the big channel, with the big voice, with the big following. He was... He he used to inspire me. Like, he was my inspiration back in the day. He was the um, truth king, if you want to put it that way. At the end of 2020, it was announced, Tim, that he was no longer with us. What did you make of that, Tim? What did you think about that story? Uh, I had previously uh, doxed him, and I and I was ninety nine point nine percent confident um, that that was him, who I had long, long ago, and it turns out it was. And so, um, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely would say I haven't heard his voice in a while. And I wouldn't say that it's any kind of necessarily a hoax. I pulled up the obituary, and I, I believe, and um, pretty sure there's some friends that have reported in. So I don't, I don't doubt the veracity. Uh, it seems like we're losing quite a bit of people that we used to know, or are in the flat Earth crowd, or I mean, just a ton. If you really think about it, uh, in the past couple years. And I've been hearing a lot of stories of uh, a lot of people losing a lot of people. So, um, yeah, disappearing either from this realm, like this earth is in there, passing away, or they're just stepping away from the scene. This whole scene is so different now to five years ago, isn't it? Like, there's very few. There's there's not that many of us left standing, Tim. You know what I mean? Like, you're still here. I'm still here. Validation boy is still here. Uh, Who's that guy who always trolls me? YouTube. (laughs) He's still here. There's a few of us who are still here, but. Most of the the bigger voices, they've either disappeared through to allegedly dying, or they've moved on to other things with their lives. Like it, it's it's uh, it's changed, hasn't it? Like it's not like it's over. Yeah, it's over, big time. Let's be real. Let's not kid ourselves. There's new there's new people, man. Like, uh, I mean, I want to ask you: Have you ever even heard of No Agenda Show or Grand Theft World? Grand Theft World, no, I haven't. And thanks to you, I'm going to go and check them out. But you know, no agenda, yes, I have. Uh, because Ab, the fakeologist from fakeologist.com, one of my three truth uncles, he always goes on about no agenda. So what I did was, I listened to these guys. 
Stephen Curry and is it, what is it, Adam Dvorak or something like that. I listen to them and uh, like good on them. They're, like I'm not, there's not a criticism. Here's what I can't get past him. They'll do 30 to 50 minutes of uh, the show and then the next two hours is, oh, this guy gave us $500. This guy, why do I, like good, good. Uh, if someone gives you $1,000 and you're happy and they're happy, great. Why do I want to listen to that? That's not entertaining. That is. It's not entertaining. It's not the radio. What the fuck is this? That surely is a common complaint. But really, it's it's I guess kind of a sacrifice. Like if if you were to listen to it not live, you you know the time. Like they go for basically an hour and fifteen to an hour and thirty, and then they go for about thirty to forty for their first donation segment basically but it's it's kind of like it reminds me of what you did i mean it's a value for value model that's that's what he created and they could be so much bigger if they would do it different ways but it's it's they don't want to be bought off by anybody they don't want commercials from anybody so basically that's the trade-off is you just have to skip that if you don't like it but many of the hardcore cult fans definitely love to listen to that so it, it, it definitely is a trade-off all right so you, you know, know um this um is it stephen curry have i what, what's his name adam what's his name uh, adam curry, adam yeah, curry. He's, right. he's the buddy of uh, joe rogan's actually he's been on joe rogan's like, yeah dude, that times. guy that guy's connected he used to be on mtv i think as a as a vj or something yeah. like that right and oh, yeah. the story that he tells was that he was the one who got either mtv or their parent company interested in emails and the internet like you know back when the internet was well I don't really remember it was before my time but like you can imagine when the internet became a thing some people took longer than others to realize hold on we should get involved in this the story goes that curry was the one who got mtv involved in it and he was kind of like one of the og internet uh people right which i'm happy to believe that by the way i'm, I'm he earned he i mean he owned mtv.com there you yeah, go and he's he's literally the you know known as the creator of podcasting like yes, back in yes, yes, or yes, something right. yep so, so you, you understand this probably better than i do you get the idea right i'm totally cool with that so yep. i've got three truth uncles one of them is crazy dave J. one of them is ab the fakeologist and one of them is marcus allen now check this out back in like 20 i want to say 13 or 14 something like that marcus allen had an interview with uh adam curry now, Marcus Allen is his... Do you know Marcus Allen? Does his name ring a bell to you? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, he, it's a long story. Marcus Allen was one of the first um, media uh, fakery people. Like One of the first people to say, you know what? This shooting on TV is fake. Like He was one of the first people. He was way before me. Wow. Oh, Russian he, vids and everyone. Wow. He was before Russian vids even. He used to do this show called um, Hoax Busters Call with Chris Candle who was this other guy now who them. was subsequently passed yep. So, Like, I'm not trying to say that Mark Sons is a great guy. I like him, uh, despite his flaws, but he, he's... I have respect for the guy, even though I know he's, he's very... Uh, he's, his problems just like we all do. Anyway, so what he did, Marcus Allen, was he... he he's a very... Um, you know this um, stereotype of conspiracy people that are paranoid? That's not just a uh, yeah. stereotype. That actually is real. <laughs> and Marcus Allen is a classic example. He, honest to God, thinks that most of the people on the internet are paid shills, whatever, right? He's, he's one of the people who spread that idea. Anyway, so back in 2013, 14, I want to say, he did an interview with Curry where he just emailed him and said, hey, I love your show. Can I interview you? And Curry was like, sure, let's organize it. So he started off like with like um, softball questions. Tell us about how he got into this, blah, blah, blah. But Marcus Sellen had an agenda. And the agenda was to expose Curry because Marcus Sellen was convinced 
that curry was effectively a military um, plant, right? His father or his, one of his uncles or some family was in the military or... I can't remember um, Marcus Allen's evidence, but the point is he basically warmed curry up, like pretending like he's being a good interviewer, but really he was like a snake in the grass planning to expose curry with all these, like, Marcus Allen does like some serious deep research into people. And he can basically convince you that anybody is tied to the military or tied to intel or whatever. And so poor um, curry is just, like, I'm, I'm, I can see what Marcus is trying to do and I get it. But I'm also looking at it from Curry's point of view. You invite me onto your, <laughs> you invite me onto your show. You're being nice to me, but then you're slowly raising the temperature and like asking these questions about my family or like, what are you doing here? And basically, Marcus uh, got got Curry to admit that, yeah, he's connected to, to military or intel. Like it, it actually kind of is true. Yeah, he he admits that in his uh, fam- uh, in his family sometimes, but that means that means quite literally jack shit to me really i mean i've listened to them for quite a while now to where it's like you can just tell he's like the conspirator and he's always bringing up the hoaxes and he's always bringing up that kind of stuff so uh if he's a shill and we heard this with mark Sargent and all of them uh he's not a very effective one in my opinion because i think it's just off the cuff that that whole show but grand theft world is like a long form uh, I mean, it's like a there's a logician and a uh, basically a history um, professor on there, and it's it's probably my number one show as far as uh, where you can get, and, and this goes to your your original kind of uh, uh, notion here as far as uh, primary sources, so. Uh, they don't really touch into like primary sources, say as far as like Aristosthenes or something like that, like that far back. But they they're talking about the Rand Corporation. They're talking about um, all that kind of stuff, Margaret Sanger and and pretty much all that, where we can at least read, you know, what they supposedly wrote. But as what far I did, as right, what the, I did was, I just googled go the Grand Theft World podcast, and the top link was to Deezer.com. Uh, one of these, I guess, podcast aggregators or something like that, and so they've got they've got quite a few episodes, man. They're up to like eighty nine episodes. Chemical colonialism, outpacing tyranny, Biden's liberal world order, the solstice child sacrifice. Those are the most recent ones. Let's go back to the start of their catalog. Let's let's move back to the, the earlier times. The cyber panopticon, trading places, unmasking the truth, a preponderance of coincidences. So this sounds very. I'm gonna. Listen, I I tell you this right now, Tim. I'm gonna listen to these people. Are they, this is my question for you, though. Good. Are they hip to media fakery? Do they understand that nobody's done it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. But but it's not it's not the attitude of like straight auto hoaxing things. Because I, I think that, in my personal opinion, is kind of a reductio ad absurdum, and and almost to the extent of of where we're going with language today, where like men aren't men and women aren't women like it's just language is arbitrary um just like information or evidences it's just what you know basically what i subjectively accept and um you know you get to a point with the auto hoaxers where it's like well i won't accept it unless um i'm there and you know i have six gopros attached to my head you know it gets pretty ridiculous 
Well, Mark Chase in the live stream chat, Boogeyman, as he's known, was my guest on the, the ball, on the uh, conversations last year. He says, this guy talking gets it. He's talking about you, Tim Osmond. So, uh, Mark Chase, we've got Tim Osmond, who uh, used to be, in my opinion, Tim, the archetypal truth of troll. You did something. Uh, hopefully, you were willing to talk about this because it's important that people know about this. You did something that most people do not have the balls to do. You went to a Flat Earth get-together, I want to say in 2016, and you live-streamed your appearance there. Now, uh, for listeners who are like new to this, Flat Earth now is dead. You have to understand that back in 2015, especially 16, it was big. Kyrie Irving is a Flat Earther. All of these celebrities, like, there was this idea that it was going to grow and get bigger. Uh, David Weiss used to say, it's going to go from 95 to... Let me try this again. It's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight, right? Like, there's people really believe that this was... Forget all the hoaxes. Forget all the other stuff. The biggest uh, thing is Flat Earth, and it's going to grow. Like, people really believe that. And so there were conferences and all this kind of stuff. And so... And these people were very um, dogmatic, very... Uh, you know, understandably, they were very passionate about their, their beliefs. I only know of a couple of people who ever went to one of these events without drinking the Kool-Aid. One of them is Tim Osman, IPS... And he got frog marched out of one of these things because of... What's that guy's name from the Lobe Busters? Who's that piece of shit? What's his name? I forget it. So anyway, Tim Osman got frog marched out of one. Then the other Tim Osman went to one of these meetups, live-streamed it. And this was back when Tim Osman kept a low profile. No one knew what he looked like. No one knew his name. No one knew nothing. But he live-streamed it. And they came and talked to him live. And they put, him, they put his face on camera, which if you're trying to keep a low profile, that's not very polite to do that. But they did it. But this guy held his own, did a very good job. I'm speaking to him right now, Tim Mosman. Do you remember that? Do you remember how you went to one of those meetups and you were live streaming? They came and found you. Do you remember this? Well, that involves quite the story that I would actually have to um, thank John Watson and YouTube for because they're the ones who spread my disinformation to start the the chain domino effect that that became of that. So. Basically, everyone wanted to dox me, including Bob from Globusters and and Nathan and uh, IPS at the time, Infinite Planes Society, and basically all the flat earthers. And so what I did was I created a, a fake video with anonymous, a fake anonymous video, <laughs> where um, it it said uh, you know we are anonymous and it had all the the same stuff and it and it basically fail docs this guy that lives in Denver because I was in Denver at the time because I had gotten wind from a flat earther that uh, this is the number one guy that they were looking at. So some IT guy, some poor guy. Anyway, I end up telling uh, in somebody's chat, maybe Nathan Oakley or something, uh, Tim Osman docs, right? And so I put the video link when back when you still could. And so people went there like Watson and, and YouTube, and they took the bait and spread the bait like I wanted. Basically... Um, got uh everybody went wild started doing live streams with several hundred people saying that this i was this guy named jason hornsby and <laughs> and people like ips uh having live streams 500 people uh bob 
sitting there saying that he's gonna uh you know go to his work and uh people were saying oh i'm gonna send glitter bombs and oh call his work and tell his boss you know what he does for a living and so basically that told me what flat earth was really about uh just being real culty and a bunch of dogmatic bitches truthfully and so uh they did all that and it ended up myself and relieved me of my issue in that I had just placed this blame and they were very dogmatic about me being this one guy so uh, basically I said okay they had his picture and they were calling his work and you know whatever Uh, they doxed him sending him stuff so I said okay well IPS you know he's supposed to be in Denver you know come here and uh, I'll be there and so it was totally me, totally planned by me. I'll be there. And so he didn't show up, but all these other flat earth clowns did. And I was sitting there live streaming them and these volleyball girls. And it was at a bar that was 21 and up. This is very important to the story here in a moment. So I, I'm, uh, you know, camcording them <laughs> and these guys roll up with the, the video, like straight in my face and uh, start to get kind of aggressive with with me because of, you know, I believe the Earth is a globe or whatever. And so uh, (laughs) basically uh, by the end, I had talked to the main guy for like an hour about, you know, I'm jive to all this stuff that you believe in besides this thing. And he was to the point where he said, hey, I'll delete the video right now. I'll delete it right now. And so I said... Uh, no, I need. I actually need this for for this guy because these flat earthers are going nuts or whatever. So, anyway, uh, it ends up that uh, they still believe I'm that guy, even though you can see a different person's face. And then they say I'm filming children and talking about children uh, playing volleyball at a bar, and so everything gets flipped and contorted. And then, you know, that, you know, Hans Wormhat finds me and basically I have like a, a, a peanut head or a bean head or something. And so I have small shoulders or I'm dainty or, you know, I'm, I don't know, but I, I'm still kind of hurt by that one. But anyway, so that, that's pretty much how it all happened. It was kind of my doing and undoing in the end. So you said, that's very interesting to me. So you said that you're still kind of hurt by that. So all this time later... Like you're a, you're just a regular like you're just a person same as me like we we do have feelings we do have emotions you look back at some of what happened and you still kind of have some misgivings about what happened yeah because I do I mean I know that I made some mistakes but I think other people did as well towards me I still have some misgivings Tim I think it's very um, reasonable sentiment to have. No, I have no regrets about anything I did. Actually, I was being facetious about Hans Wormhat, the transgender, everyone's a transgender guy, picking up that video of me and saying that I have a bean head and all that kind of stuff. All right, so Tim, you and I, we talked about this, and now we're live on the air, so who knows what's going to happen. Who do you remember was the first person who screen-capped an image of you on camera? Do you remember who was the first person to do that? I'll give you a hint. You were on camera one time, and you must have had a pet dog. And the dog? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then some, some cheeky bugger realized that for like three or four frames, not you couldn't really make out the face entirely, but we could kind of get the profile of it. 
if you just screen cap at the right time, this guy's now shown himself on camera. Do you remember who was the first guy to uh, <laughs> to to uh, to do this to share that? Yeah, I remember that. I think it was you. Yeah. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, yeah. I, if you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. But if you said to me, Ashley JLB, that was fucked. What you did, I'd be like, I'm sorry. At the time, it seems funny to me <laughs> that the true the troll when he's playing with his pet and your dog is being like he was having fun too like it was like a nice uh, wholesome thing he's accidentally let slip that he's that he's this person I did uh, share that and uh, I was being very cheeky I thought it was funny but if you said to me right now actually yeah. JLB what you did was fucked I'm like okay fair enough fair enough like I apologize no really the only reason why I stayed you know so in the shadows so to speak is because they everyone demanded that you know you you have a name tag like you use your real name and oh we're in the truth or crowd you got to use your first your last your middle initial you got to give your your mom's maiden name your soch you know stuff like that but I, I just didn't find that ever necessary. Then they just b- began to very much pester me more about such things. So I just, you know, turned up the heat and uh, trolled them a bit more. But really, the heat is so down on me nowadays as far as the hatred level. You know, that was that was a fun thing for me at the time. I was trying to teach people while also entertaining myself, and mostly it was just entertaining myself because really you can't teach people. People. They need to take the information that you get and teach themselves. And um, m- many people aren't willing to do that. Their axioms, their paradigms are kind of set in stone. And, you know, for the most part around here, this crowd, it's not set in stone with the mainstream media, which is a plus. But, you know, it gets set in stone with uh, everything's fake or jet fuel's a hoax or simulation flat earth you know uh, mud floods mandela you know i see a lot of great minds throughout the time basically get trapped in boxes and nowadays i reject almost all boxes on on prima facie just because it's i've seen everyone else fill the reservoir basically would you be open we have to wrap this up give us 30 more minutes in 30 minutes i have to wrap this up because i've got other things i need to do but like with 30 minutes would you be open, Tim Osmond, to if I sent a link to Validation Boy? Would you be open to three of us having a chat for twenty thirty minutes? Yeah, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I would just say the quality of conversation will not be any better. I don't believe if it's his shtick VB or if it's his real person VB. That's why I really um, never. Mm, like to mess around with people who are half trolling they're like a nick fuentes to me you know just saying things to um be absurd and and to um i don't know just get that uh i guess low tier trolling i would say but sure invite him in after that all right so i need to go and find his email i haven't we haven't corresponded for some time me and vb so i have to go and find his email i'll send the link to the discord to his email address and if he wants to join he can if he doesn't want to that's cool I can spend half an hour just reminiscing with Tim Osman the original truth of troll most of you guys won't know this but back in the day Tim Osman used to wear this big crazy mask he'd go on camera but he couldn't identify him he'd wear this crazy mask and wear a t-shirt that said 9-11 was an inside job do you remember that Tim? we're going back 6-7 years here do you remember this? he used to wear this shirt that said like where the hell did you even get that shirt? what did you buy from Alex Jones? 
Did you print it yourself? It was bought. No, that was uh, that was actually bought from Alex Jones, like way back in the day. Yeah, and I was keeping that uh, as a memento, basically memento. But someone ended up stealing it from me, unfortunately. I guess I could go and get a. When I go get my boner pills, I can go get a, another shirt. I'm sure they still have it. Someone stole your 9/11 was an inside job shirt. <laughs> yeah, dude, in San Diego. Crazy. So I don't know if you can tell us too much. Like, don't say what you don't want to say, obviously. But whereabouts are you at the moment? Like, what? Which part of the world are you in? I live in Utah, man. It's um, Salt Lake area. Were you it's, in Colorado for a while, or am I just making that up? Uh, I've been on and off. Probably when we first met or knew of each other, I was in Colorado, and then then I was in San Diego for a bit, and then I was in Colorado and Omaha, and then I've been in Utah for four or five years, I think. Okay, so what I've done is I've typed into my... Um gmail validation boy and it's coming up with a whole bunch of addresses it says two i've got one that says two validation it doesn't i don't have his address okay validation boy email me right now john lebon 123 at gmail.com okay john lebon 123 at gmail.com email me right now i'll send you into the discord and you and me and tim can just chat for like 20 minutes this is for most of the audience it's uh, it's entertaining, but it's not a big deal. But for the ones who've been here for a long time, this is the best inside baseball you could ask for. What a pleasant surprise. We've got with this Tim Osman, the original truth of troll. Have you spoken with the new Tim Osman, the uh, Infinite Plane Society guy? Like, what's your... Are you guys on good terms? What's the latest with him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're... I guess... When I was driving through uh, New Mexico to go to Texas, I bought a actually a painting from him my logo and um that's about the only person i listen to as far as truth or stuff like i said before and i i call him maybe once every three months on average that's about my activity on on youtube nowadays okay fair enough so it turns out that validation boy is about to start his shift uh, last that i heard he was still delivering pizzas which by the way i used to be a pizza boy and uh, those are some fun times. I think it's a kind of a cool job. You can listen to podcasts. You can do what you want. And uh, some some customers are pretty cool. Some, are th- dude, where I was delivering pizzas, there were some terrible customers. Like you were walking into a domestic dispute. Just to, it was uh, horrible. But that was that was like that was pretty rare. That wasn't that often. Sometimes they give you ten bucks, twenty bucks as a tip. It was great. So I think VB is about to start his uh, shift delivering pizzas. So it's just you and me, Tim Wilson, for twenty minutes. Okay, so. I'm going to take a quick break and pour one more glass of lovely Bulgarian rosé. When we come back, Tim Osman, we'll do 20 minutes, then we'll wrap it up. What topics do you most want to discuss? And we can talk about anything. We can talk about truth of topics. We can talk about life. We can talk about whatever you want, Tim Osman. We're going to talk about whatever you want. So tell me right now, before we go to a quick little intermission, if you could talk about anything for 20 minutes, we've got 50 people, 60 people watching live here at johnthebond.com, plus probably 500, 1,000 on delay. What would you like to talk about, Tim Osman, the original Truth or Troll? Um, perhaps economics, uh, where it's all heading, uh, monkey Rona, and the likes. Uh, 
yeah, I'm, I'm more of a solutions guy. I'm not more of, hey, look at that. That's that looks fake to me. Believe me. So, uh, uh, under under that terms, I'd say. All right, here's the plan. When we come back, you can be the host. I'll just be going with your flow. We'll spend 20 minutes. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. And we'll see what happens. But we have to wrap it up. So in 20 minutes, guys, we're going to wrap this up. We've got with us Tim Osman, the original Truth of Troll. I got into the scene back in 2014. I started a podcast. There was never meant to be a johnlebond.com website, paywall, any of this stuff. It was just meant to be me saying what I thought was happening. And at the time, my biggest, like the thing that was, I was passionate about was... They're lying on the TV. This guy claims that his daughter died in a shooting. He's he's lying, man. Like that was the biggest thing to me. If only I knew back then what I knew now that those events were in fact baby hoaxes. So my life has totally changed. But the whole time, the last seven years, there's been a few constant characters, and this guy Tim Mosley is one of them. So I'm a big fan. We've had. Is it fair to say, Tim? We've had we've had our ups and downs over the years. Like we've had a couple of <laughs> fallings out, but. We always manage to patch them up, and I would like to think, Tim, if I came to America and came to Utah, I would like to think we could hang out, grab a beer or grab a coffee, grab a pizza, and just chill out and have fun. I think you and I, in real life, I like to think we get along pretty well, if, if for no other reason than just reminiscing over the good old days. Yeah, yeah, come to Utah. We'll eat some mushrooms on a mountain, dude. We'll go camping. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. I, I, I think you're saying that being serious. Bro, I'm being serious. I went to oh, yeah. Estonia. This is a true story. A couple weeks ago, I went to Estonia. One of the long-term members of JohnLeBond.com, who has his own media uh, presence in Estonia. He's, he's, the, like, he's the Alex Jones of Estonia. Everybody over there knows him as the crazy anti-vaxxer. He invited me to his um, midsummer festival. So in the middle of summer in Northern Europe, the sun doesn't really set, right? They have this epic three-day party. I went there a couple weeks ago, met him in real life. And I'm telling you, man, it was magic. Like You can know people online for five, six, seven years. It's great. But to meet them in real life, it's a different kind of energy, bro. So I hope that you're not joking, dude. Because if I come to America, I expect you to ride the red carpet and take me out and let's do some fucking... Let's get on the mushrooms, bro. Let's let's go nuts. And if you're joking, I'm not, dude. Let's do it. And I think the listeners would love it. Now, are we going to live stream a trip? Probably not. But I can come back the next day or a couple of days and say, guys, let me tell you what I saw. I saw a vision of the earth from 20,000 miles above. And I'm telling you right now, it was flat. So check this out. In two minutes, I'll be back. Me and Tim Osmond, 20 more minutes. 20 more minutes, we're going to wrap this up. In the interim, while I go and grab myself some rosé, this is a classic track. It is Some Guy Ate a Bat in China. Now, Tim, you won't be able to hear this because you're in the Discord. If you play the stream that's on YouTube, you'll hear it. This is a classic track. Some crazy dude got stuck in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. The lockdowns happened before he could make any friends. So he had no friends, no family. No women, no outlets, no nothing. Stuck in a little small apartment in a really dodgy part of Kuala Lumpur. I think he might have lost his mind. He rapped. No, he danced to this song. This is some guy at a bat in China. On the other side, myself and Tim Mosman, the original Truth of Troll. We're going to talk about whatever the hell we want. On July 20, 2022, this is John Lennon. comes to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. Take a look at this. And on the other side, we'll talk about so many things. Check it out. Crushing new laws on things as simple as uh, stopping to have a coffee or sitting in a park caught a lot of people by surprise. Oh yeah, oh boy, this shit banging. Some guy ate a bat in China, and he can't go out at night. 
some guy eat a bat in China. So he got no human rights. Someone ate a bat in China in a cave, now you're human slave. Some guy ate a bat in China, so now the pharmaceutical company's getting paid. Some bat in China, lock off the whole world, change things, rearrange it, or so we're told. Like the world's under a spell. Beginning of hell, yo, yeah. Any sci-fi movies I've seen. New World Order. Presidential decrees cascading President Trump's pen. Any horror movie that I've been. And the rest of the world now figuring out. Oh boy. Cause things change, rearrange. And get strange. Some guy hit a bat in China. So now I can't get any toilet paper? Yeah. Crushing new laws on things as simple as uh, stopping to have a coffee or... Better stay home and watch the TV. Better stay home. Don't visit the family. Some guy ate a bat in China. So now my girlfriend don't want to give me vagina. Everything's changed, rearranged. A whole world gone strange, yeah. Some guy ate a bat in China. Yeah. Someone from China ate a bat, and now you can't leave the house or go out the back. New South Wales police are patrolling Sydney streets. If you believe that, you understand changing social distancing rules. Then I don't know, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, this shit banging. Oh, boy. What another one. Big fat shit from the side again. Freestyling with the microphone, beer on my left hand. I'm in a lockdown. What are the sounds? A little bit sad. She. Someone ate a bat in China. Can't go and get any toilet paper. The TV telling me that. Yeah. Police are receiving some backlash for their aggressive approach. That was Some Guy Ate a Bat in China by Gully Scott. Gully, if you hear this, man, awesome track. I've thanked you before, but thank you so much for putting it together. That A lot of bad things happened in 2020 and beyond, but there were some awesome silver linings, and your track, Some Guy Ate a Bat in China, is one of those silver linings. So this is John LeBond coming to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. It is July 20, 2022. It's about to tick over to midnight. So I've got 20 minutes with, in my opinion, if he doesn't like this uh, description, that's fine, but... The original, the OG Truth of Troll, uh, Tim Osman coming to us from somewhere in, what did he say? Uh, not not uh, Colorado, south of that. What is Utah. Utah. Is that south or is that to the west or east? I can't remember now. My geography is not so good. West. West, okay, all right. Coming to us from Utah, Tim Osman. You've got, t- got 20 minutes, bro. I want to ask you a couple of questions from the live stream chat, but I want, you, I want to give the microphone to you. What topic would you most like to talk about? We've got about 50, 60 people watching live right now. This might get 500, 1,000 listeners um, after the fact. So all these people around the world listening to you right now, what would you like to talk about with them? I'm just wondering where your you know, future 
where you think it's going. I mean, you think uh, our friend Billy Bob Gates, he kind of, and actually our fake president, he was saying, uh, basically, you know, the second pandemic, we need more money for it and stuff. So, um, what do you what do you think they're going to do? I mean, do you as far as the uh, the quack scene that people got the little jabbo, uh, you know, do you think there's going to be long term effects from that? Do you think, uh, you know, it was just sugar water or a couple questions there? What do you think? Okay, so good question about the the quack scenes. I released a piece in December of last year. In fact, I want to look this up right now. Let me go to johnlebond.com. I released a piece in December, and I you get you get the idea, Tim. I don't want to put bad ideas into people's heads, okay? Because I think mind over matter is a real thing. Like your thoughts manifest. I believe that, okay? It's just I can't prove it, but I believe that. So I don't want to say to you or to other people, oh, if you get the jibby jab, you're gonna have this happen to you, like. I don't, I don't have that idea in your head, okay? If, if you want to get the jibby-jab, go and do it. I'm not going to try and put bad ideas in your head. You understand? But what is my best take on the matter? My best take is that of all the possibilities, the the most likely is that this jibby-jab will affect people's fertility. It'll make people less fertile. Can't prove it. I wouldn't put my house on this. This is just my best guess. And my reasoning for saying so, in fact, let me put this up on the screen right now. Can they, let me just uh, Google this right, not Google, uh, John LeBond search this right now. Can they really? So in December of last year, I put together this presentation. I've got it on the screen right now for people watching uh, at home right now. The questions I asked were, how far has the vaccine technology progressed? What interest does Pfizer have in animal infertility? Because this is not a conspiracy theory. They do. Uh, release research on infertilizing animals such as horses. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. I prove it in this. I show the evidence in this uh, presentation. Can we take any claims made by science on face value? So I released this piece in December of last year, November of last year. A lot of my audience, Tim, are already convinced that the the jibby jabs are harmful, right? And I'd been saying for 12 or 18 months, they might be harmful. They might be um, saline solution. Like, how do we know? Like, don't don't go around telling people this is harmful because maybe you're the one doing the harm. Like, if you don't know, don't say. So I, I spent a lot of time, you know, on the fence, on the fence. Give me a break. That piece in November of last year was like, okay, guys, enough sitting on the fence. Here's what I really believe is going on. Here's why I don't want to take this jibby jab. Here's why I hope that my uh, friends and family don't, won't take it because this is what I think. And to cut a very long story short, I believe it's possible the jibby jabs are intended to make the masses, not all of them, just a, a significant proportion of them infertile, Tim. Now, I can't prove it to you. So if you or if your uh, lady friend or your friends got the jibby jab, I wouldn't try and say to you, oh, they did the wrong thing or it's going to hurt. I don't have enough evidence to convince other people. I was just sharing this is my opinion based on what I've seen. I and, and anyone can click on these links in the show notes. If you're not a member, you won't get access to most of it. Uh, but some of my stuff is publicly available as well. The evidence is there. I think, Tim, the jibby jabs will sterilize anywhere from... Like, I'll, I'll give you a fake number, 5 to 20%. It's, there's a, I don't know the numbers. But a certain proportion, I think, uh, will be sterilized by the jibby jabs is my best guess, Tim. So what do you say to that? 
Well, I'm wondering, uh, first off, have you ever seen the show uh, Dope Sick? I haven't seen it. I've never even heard of it. All right, you should watch it, actually. It's just one season, but it basically goes through uh, the what happened when they did uh, OxyContin here in America. Uh, the, the terrible business practices that the basically got slapped on the wrist uh, of course because they were they were making unbelievable 